Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of um, 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 12. We're talking about spiritual gifts. Uh, We're putting in at verse 8, and we're going through the end of the chapter. Spiritual gifts, just as a a preface to our study, uh, as we said last time, spiritual gifts um, basically are things that we can do um, when the Holy Spirit is in us. They are fruits of of the Holy Spirit. They're manifestations of the Holy Spirit to each. Verse 7 is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I was thinking about this yesterday, you know, and you're thinking about what good you might be able to do for the church, what good you can do to honor God. And and then you're thinking to yourself, is that just me doing good deeds or is that really the Holy Spirit working in me? Or when you see somebody else out there doing something, are they just a good person or is that really the Holy Spirit? So then you have to say, well, let me look in the mirror. Do I have fruits of the Spirit? Do I feel love in my heart, joy and peace and all the other fruits of the Spirit when I'm trying to help someone else? If I have those things... That's more than likely that's the Holy Spirit working in me because you got to see he says to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So what he's what we're saying here is if you've got those things, you've got the Spirit working in you. Or you look at somebody else, if they've got love and joy and peace in their heart when they're doing something that looks to be a gift, you can see the Holy Spirit. Because that's fruit of the Spirit. But if you're doing something, if I'm doing something for somebody else and I don't have love in my heart, if I don't have joy in my heart, if I don't have peace, the peace of Christ in my heart, I'm not doing it as a manifestation of the Spirit. I'm just doing it because I've either got to do it or I feel compelled to do it or I feel like, you know, if I do it, then somebody else is going to, you know, maybe like me better or you know, not dislike me, that kind of stuff. So again, I think that little verse 7 is so important. Each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. If you're 
working in the Holy Spirit, you're going to see the manifestation of the Spirit. So if you're whatever you're doing, look and see if there's fruit. Let's see if there's a manifestation of the Spirit. And in in some of my Bible notes, I have a gift is basically a capacity for service. Okay? And you see in the church, some people have talent and some people have a gift. Um, many, you know, and you may not be talented to do something. You may not have a certain talent, but everybody's got a capacity from a gift. And if it's a gift, it's a capacity of service. There can be many gifts, but these gifts allow us to serve. Otherwise, I'm useless to God without His gift to me. I may have a talent, but that's not a gift from God to serve. If I can use it to serve for the common good, the good of the church, the body of Christ, then it's a gift. It's a capacity to serve. The Holy Spirit has to be central. And the gift or the effort is useless unless it's God, not me. So we have one spirit, one body, many members. Every believer has a gift to build up the church for the common good because God says so here to each Every one of us has a gift. Now, jumping in at verse 8, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utter utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between the Spirit's to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretations of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. The Spirit of God proportions out these gifts to each one of us. And we see that manifestation of the Spirit come into our lives. But unless God is central... It's just you're using your own effort and not that gift. How do you tell? Look at the fruit that is manifested. Verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, all the body, all of the members of the body, uh, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, Slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Verse 14, For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, Hey, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were... An eye, where would this be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each 
one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So Paul is using sort of a, an analogy. He loves these metaphors, you know. And so sometimes we have athletic competition. Sometimes right now we're having a, a metaphor about the body. And again, the body sort of is a metaphor about the church. The body has many members that do different things. So does the church. We have different members of the church with different uh, roles and functions. And these are gifts that the Holy Spirit chooses out. He brings people together for the common good, to build the church up. Everybody has a capacity to serve in some way. And you can't say one member of the body is more important than the other. If you didn't have an ear, you couldn't hear. The ear says, hey, you know what? I, I want to be an eye. Well, God needs you to serve a certain way to hear. It helps the body hear, smell, see, do what it wants. So, carrying on this metaphor, verse 21, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. There's no part of the church that is insignificant in God's eyes. Every member is significant. And even the people with the lesser roles have the greatest honor and function sometimes. He's saying the analogy here. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God is appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? These are rhetorical questions, by the way. Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? No, because there's different roles and functions. Do all possess gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? He's saying no to all this stuff. He's bringing it back now to the church in his metaphor. He says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. What are these higher gifts? The gifts that build up the body of the church. And I will show you a still more excellent way. So this other gift I think he's getting ready to talk about is love. So, we're going to stop here. A really, really practical help for us. And I really love, like I did yesterday, this passage, uh, verse 7, is talking about the spiritual gifts are manifest. And I just think in my own life, when I look and I see if I'm being effective, if I'm using anything that God might have given me, and I have to look. This is telling me, look in the mirror and see if the Holy Spirit is manifested in what 
I'm doing or is it just me working really hard on my own effort? And that's the that's a lesson that we all I think need to look at. Look and see if the Holy Spirit is manifested in what you're doing. If it is, that is m- most likely to be a gift that the Holy Spirit is using you to do to build up the church. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your uh, uh, study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through this great book of 1 Corinthians. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 8 all the way through to verse 31. So in our last study, we saw that Paul is now discussing spirituality. So in our divisions, the first division, we saw Paul discussing carnalities. So he's turned from the carnalities and now he's discussing with them the gifts of the spirit of the church. So according to Paul's description of a gift, the gift is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So it's what the Holy Spirit will do through a believer. So each believer is given a gift and we are put in the body of believers and it's there to actually, the gift that is, it's there to profit the church and to build up the church. So scripture reads, verse 8 of First Corinthians 12, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. So wisdom here in this, according to scripture rather, and in this verse that I've just read, means insight into truth. So not all can actually understand the Bible. You need wisdom and insight into the truth. And that's why... We all need to have teachers. So, to some, wisdom is given. And then knowledge, here in this verse, means, actually, spiritually in scripture, means investigate into truth. So we have wisdom and knowledge. So, one has to have the knowledge to investigate into the truth, and one has to have wisdom to actually have an insight into the truth. So one can be knowledgeable about the Bible, but not have wisdom and not have the insights. This is why the teachers who teach, who've got the gifts of teaching, have the wisdom. Verse 9 goes on to read, To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. So faith here, we are told in Scripture, is the substance of things hoped for. Faith in the Lord 
Jesus Christ, who gives us the blessed hope of eternity, who gives us life eternity if we believe in him. So faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is actually real because we have the Lord Jesus Christ. So faith, we're told in scripture, is the substance of things hoped for. So some people have, you know, this gift of actually having this much faith to actually talk to other people, to actually impart their knowledge on other people. And um, the gift of actually healing here, that's mentioned in this verse, this means to lay hands at the side and um, heal people. So this was a gift that was given to the apostles and men in that early period. Today, the thing we are to do, actually, is not to put all our trust and faith in man, but we are to take it all to the great physician directly, not to a man or a woman down here. It's actually a lack of faith not to do that, to actually take it to the great physician. So the Lord Jesus Christ laid hands when they didn't have much faith. So when the Lord Jesus Christ was here, he was laying hands as a demonstration that, you know, he was the true and living God. He was God the Son. Today, you know, 1900 years later, the Lord came, performed the miracles, brought the gospel, who wants to take it all to the great physician, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Spirit of God gives gifts that the body of Christ might profit and function in the age and in the age it actually finds itself in. So that's what the Spirit of God gives, does. It actually gives the gifts so that we may function and, you know, profit, use those gifts for the profit of um, the gospel. Verse 10 goes on to read, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So this here, you know, the working of miracles, this is, it has to do with supernatural things. So this was actually in the apostolic age and today we are actually seeing greater things than these so when we when he actually spoke a word to a person that's christ jesus when he spoke a word to a person and the person was converted um like the woman at the well or nicodemus it was great and not to take anything away from it but what's even greater today is when you and me we speak the word, and a person is actually saved because we are sowing the seed. That's what we were commissioned to do, to take the word of God out there. So that's a greater work. And then it says to another prophecy is given. So prophecy here means to declare the will of Christ. That is the word of God. And then we have discerning of spirits. So discerning of spirits means to actually distinguish between the false and the truth. And some people have got this gift. They can actually discern you know, when something is, you know, not the truth. 
and something is fake. And then we have here uh, to sum um, to another different kinds of tongues. So here are different kinds of tongues. Different is in italics. So which means it wasn't there in the original manuscript. So it's, you know, kinds of tongues. And what they mean here is, you know, not unknown tongues. That's not what they're talking about. It's not tongues that are not, that are not unknown. So these are tongues that are actually spoken. So the gospel, what they mean here is that the gospel has to get into other tongues that um, it's not translated into yet. You have so many different dialects and tongues, as it is. Just in my country, we have we are like 19 million, and we have over 72 languages. So not, you know, scripture is not translated into all those languages yet. So that's what it means, different kinds of tongues. There's a loving person to read. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So here the Holy Spirit is actually reigns sovereign out of all this, in all this. But we do have actually the right, so Paul's saying we have the right to actually pray for the best gifts. But still, the Holy Spirit remains sovereign. So Paul is actually correcting things that were wrong in the Corinthian church, because they were, there was a lot of carnality in the Corinthian spirit. So he was trying to actually make them more, he was actually trying to move them rather up from that kind of level that they were on and put them on a higher level, which was a spiritual level. <clears throat> and we see in verses 12, verse 20 and 27, he actually uses here a comparison to the human body. And let me just read verse 12. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 20 reads, But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. Verse 27 reads, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So here he says one body, he's using the human body as a comparison. One body but many members. So one Holy Spirit giving different gifts to individuals. These gifts are given. The Holy Spirit gives gifts that give the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, gives gifts that the body of Christ might actually profit from. So, let me read again verse 12. It reads, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. And verse 14 reads, For in fact the body is not one member, but many. And verse 27 again reads, Now you are the body of Christ, and members individually. So the human body has many members. And um, in the church, the body of Christ, you know, there are many members uh, with different gifts. So the human body has 
bones, muscles, tissues, glands, organs, you know, blood vessels, and so on and so forth. It has all these things, red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, plasma, blood. So when one member suffers, one us. When one part of our body suffers, we actually feel it. So when one member suffers, everything else suffers. So there are many members in the body of Christ. So we, um, and some we actually don't even see. So all these, they work in unity to profit the cause of Christ. Verse 13 goes on to read, For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So this is how we actually get into the body of believers. So this baptism that Paul's talking about, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not what baptism? And that's how we get into when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit. The minute we actually accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we're actually put in the body of believers. We're baptized by the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that puts us in the body of believers and gives us a gift as a particular member and we are to actually function as that. So once we baptized, we enter into the body of believers who are baptized by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us that gift, but we have the right to actually pray for the best gift. Verse 14, I was going to read, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? So here, we all have, you know, a gift to actually function. And we should actually function. We're different, with different gifts. But we should function as one body. We should come together as one body. Verse 16, verse to read. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? So, you know, all members, they actually have a function. Both the seen members of the church and the unseen members, they all do a wonderful job. Verse 18, present to read. But now, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So God is the one to be pleased. So these gifts are in the body so that the body can function. We had Ananias and Sapphira. They had gifts, but they were not exercising these gifts in the will of God. And they fell dead before Simon Peter. So gifts should be exercised in God's will like Dorcas, who we saw, who was making clothes for the widows, and she died. And Simon Peter went down and raised her. You know, after these women, they paraded themselves in the clothes that Dorcas had made, and you know, they were crying. You know, 
This is Dorcas who was doing something for them, and what Dorcas has was a, was a gift. So Dorcas used to make garments for these widows, and that was an important gift as well. So, no gift is too small and important. Someone may just have the gift of comforting people, or, you know, taking baked goods, making baked goods. So it's the Spirit of God who is sovereign in this, and He determines what's important and what's not. So if God has called you to sew or to bake, then use that gift, use that skill. In verse 20, stepping down, goes on to read, But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Verse 21, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So we all actually need each other as a body of believers, just like each and every part needs um, another part of the body. Verse 22 goes on to read, Know much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think or to be, we think to be less honorable. On, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need that God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. So here what he's saying is God pays attention in the body of believers to those small gifts or those small people that are just not out there. The small, so he pays attention to the small gifts that need to be developed. And there are so many gifts that need to be developed. We need to actually help each other. It's an adventure actually and thinking to find out it's actually an adventure to actually find out what god wants us to do it's thrilling it's supposed to be thrilling what god wants us to do what our gift is verse 25 was going to read that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care for another, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice in it. Verse 27, therefore, you are the body of Christ and the members individually. So here, it's basically saying, you know, we all need each other. I mean, if I stop my right toe, I'm going to feel it throughout my body. Verse 28 goes on to read, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing and administrations, Varieties of tongues. Hey, 
So here is another list. So some of these gifts have disappeared now and they are not in the church. They are not because they are not needed. Verse 29 goes on to read, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? So in Paul's day, they were not all apostles or speaking in tongues. Hence this particular verse. Verse 31 goes on to read, I shouldn't read verse 30. Um... So, do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak tongues? Um, do all interpret? So, the answer is they don't. Not everyone has the same gift. But 31 goes on to read, But earnestly desire the best gift, and yet, I know you a more excellent way so in this section uh, sorry um so here you know we want to ask earnestly the best gift and the holy spirit is um Who will ask endlessly for a gift? And the Holy Spirit is sovereign, but you and I have the right to actually go and ask God for the best gift we want. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all very much for listening in. God bless you all, and have a pleasant day. Goodbye.